0: You're listening to the Pimpcron Podcast. Welcome to episode 51 of the Pimpcron Warhammer Podcast, and I am your host, Pimpcron. And we aim to ignite the flame of hobby in each and every one of you and give you a nice safe space without any politics or religion or anything like that. Um, my friend Danny thanked me for uh, not mentioning any of that nonsense in this show. And you know what? That's not why you tune into this. Regardless of what my opinions or my guests' opinions or any of that, it's completely irrelevant. And I want you to just talk about something you love. Chill out. Know that you're never at risk of having my opinion or anybody else's opinion shoved down your throat. People on the left, people on the right, people in the center—everybody can enjoy this show because we're all friends here when it comes to Warhammer. Except you, freaking Tau players. Tau players are not. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, Tau players are welcome. But uh, what are we talking about here tonight? Well, I wish I really could tell you because I have no idea. I did not open the folder. And, you know, that is really bad. Oh, there it's open now. So, <laughs> so uh, our main topic tonight is that just James and I uh, played an apocalypse game with the new apocalypse rules, and we wanted to tell you what we think of it. Now, I have historically hated apocalypse it is not my thing. I like skirmish games. I like medium sized games. I hate large games. So it's going to be a lot. ...for me to turn over to the other side. Just James, on the other hand, loves big games. So we'll see how that works out. And we recorded that fresh, literally five minutes after finishing our Apocalypse game. So let's see how that works out. We also have a story time with the Pimpcron, And that's an occasional segment we do. And tonight we're talking about Deathwing Terminators for Dark Angels. And specifically, why are their armor painted white rather than green... And then we also talk about the backstory of the Deathwing Terminators. We also have a message from a listener named Nate. And he dares to challenge me in a game of Warhammer via the internet. Because he doesn't like hearing that I am undefeated for like two months now. And he wants to put me in my place. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. So we actually... uh, well, I'll just I'll just discuss it in the um, the test track mailbox because you know what? I, come to find out, I have an entire segment that just discusses that topic. Why would I even ever go into it right now, right? Finally, we have a want that or want that not with the Cipher Lords for Age of Sigmar Warcry, and uh, let's see what I think of them. They're the fancy dandy boy uh, gladiator showgirls, is what they are. This is episode 51. I'm super excited that we are creeping up on next week is one full year of the Pimcron Warhammer Podcast. And I am having a blast. I hope you guys are joining it too. Our numbers keep rising and rising. We've got a steady, steady number of people that listen every single week, and I do appreciate that. You know who I also appreciate? I appreciate the entire Pimcron dynasty on Patreon, and that's led by our friend Mike. And the uh all the Cryptex and the Funky Warriors and the gold plated Scarabs, I appreciate all of you. And uh, if you want to help out with the show, it's patreon.com slash pimpcron. And now is the part where I get into what I've been doing in my personal time. Well, I gotta I got tell you, I've been real busy with the Caradron Overlords. Uh, in addition to writing and editing on the novel, like I've been talking about, the Brutality Skirmish Wargame novel, um the Caradron Overlords have been assembling, uh, being assembled and painted and yada, yada. So currently I have an ironclad fully assembled and mostly painted. And then I've assembled an entire start collecting set and primed most of it. And I think that's it for assembly, but you know, I got, a, I got a bit of a gripe that they are kind of a pain to put together and GW, I find them doing this where the models could be much, much simpler. But they decide that they need to almost make a kit out of it. So they, like, will just cut a chunk out of an arm and go, Oh, you gotta glue this part in. Why? Why, GW? Why do I have to just glue his elbow on? I don't understand. Uh, there, There is a ton of things like that with the on Overlords, I have noticed. And um, it's pretty much drive me crazy. Because, you know, all I need is a head, two arms, a torso, and two legs, right? And those... What uh? Those six pieces turn out to be like fifteen pieces to glue together before I glue those six pieces together. It gets real old real quick. GW. Now assembly is not my favorite thing. Painting is my second not favorite thing. I I do all this to play. So maybe some of you that just love assembling models, uh, maybe that's your thing. It's not mine. Finally. Uh. I've been assembling Caradron, and I've been working on the novel, and I've got a little bit of bookkeeping to do, a little bit of upkeep. So I was getting a little bit of criticism that I said in the last episode in the intro that I did not feel like going easy on a new player. Okay, I totally understand where you went with that. I, I misspoke. He is a new player to me because he's been playing for maybe three months. He plays every week. He's been playing for about three months. To me, he's a new player. Now, of course, I kind of made it sound like it his very first night of him showing up. You know, he's trying to learn, and I was trying to beat the crap out of him. No, that's not the case at all. If it was a demo, I've told you all a hundred times that you always lose a demo. 100% of the time, you lose. So, um... That was not a demo. He's He knows well enough. He knows the rules and everything. Um, but uh, anyway. So and keep in mind. I took a 500 points off my list out of 1800. Come on people. I was definitely going easy on him. But uh, this week. I took. Um, so I decided on a real challenge. And bit off just a tad bit more than I could chew. So I decided to play Grey Knights. Against a new player. And and we played 1,500 points, and I only took 1,000. So what, 33% of the army I took off, and I was playing Grey Knights, which, as most of you know, is a bottom-tier army pretty much. And um he beat me, like, I think 12 to 6, something like that. So, I mean, I took 500 less points, and I took the arguably hardest army that I own to play, but it was quite fun. It was a tooth and nail I really, really could try. The problem is, is that he was playing Space Marines, he had some assault cannons, things like that, and unfortunately, you know, that three up save on Space Marine armor without two wounds, without additional toughness, that three up save is not that great. So he could he could easily a five man squad of a strike squad or whatever, I could lose two or three of them in one shooting. Like very, very easily. So that was my, my biggest issue. Also, I could not cast worth crap. Could not cast. Um, out of the very first turn, I tried to cast five different spells. And those five different spells, I perilsed rolling double ones twice. And I missed the other two. So most of my casting values were five. I rolled less than five, the other two. I end up um, doing four unsaved wounds to myself because of Perils that game, and uh, most of the turns I just could not cast for the for the life of me. It was still a lot of fun. All right, let's start the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Welcome to Tesseract mailbox with the Pimpcron, where I answer some fan mail. And uh, this week, we actually have somebody, and his name is Nate, and he is from Michigan. He writes via PimpCron at gmail.com. The other place you can reach me is facebook.com slash PimpCron. And he writes, Hello there, my most ostentatious of soulless skellybots. <laughs> Number one, I have no idea what the F the tarantula is yammering about. Uh, this is actually referring to episode 50, where the Tarantula something wrote in. I forget. It was some weird, strange name. Um, he says he has no idea what the F the tarantula is yammering about. Number two, if 40K is a simile for GW, then China Cast is green tea. Third party models are Calfi, which is coffee. Just search YouTube and you'll know. And 3D printing is a good top shelf tequila. And you know what? I like all three. <laughs> Uh, I do have to look up Kalfi. I need to see what Kalfi is. Um, Number three, having said all that, feel free to omit any part of this email for your show because, oh my god, he condones to piracy. Uh, Bonus point, I would like to try to upset your winning streak, but I ain't traveling to your locale. Would you accept a challenge for a 2,000-point game of 40K over Roll20? Both lists submitted in advance so I can prepare the assets. If interested, we can agree on rules, game type, time limit, etc. May even make for a cool video for you to submit for your fans out there. That's all I got here. Take care, friend. Well, thank you for writing Nate. I appreciate that. And um, Nate and I have been uh, corresponding over the, the email, and we are going to try to set up a challenge game. And... Uh, over either Roll20... I actually suggested Vassal, but I'm not certain that Vassal is still up and running with the 40k mod or not, but Roll20 is an interesting choice for that, because it's usually used for RPGs, but he says that he's made a whole 40k um, analogy for it. I I guess he uses the old sprites from Vassal. I'm not entirely certain, but we are trying to get his schedule and my schedule to align, so... I believe our lists are due August first, and then we're gonna meet like online, like August sixth to discuss uh, whatever it is. I, oh the battlefield. I think we're gonna set up terrain, and then we're gonna meet like the sixteenth or something to actually play the game. Something something of that nature. So I'm pretty excited about it, and you know that really gives me a thought. I am now. I'm not the world's. Best strategist, but I like to think of myself as a pretty good strategist. Um, My actual weakness is list building because the, um, you know, some people are excellent. I've known plenty of people that are good at making lists. They're good at synergies. They're good at this and that, but they play for shit. They just don't know strategy. I am the exact opposite. I can make an okay list, but it's like my brain doesn't care like I, I would rather honestly in a perfect world i would like to for me and my opponent to have the exact same armies in the exact same list and i want to try to outthink you that's that's my goal is the strategy of it of course there's strategy and list building but um i'm going off on a tirade but essentially that is my weakness is actually making competitive lists because um i feel like w- unless you're talking about extreme cases, I have a pretty good chance of doing well, regardless of what the list is, unless you give me a whole list of scarabs or something stupid. So, but you know what? I am accepting, accepting Nate's, um, you know, I should make this like a wrestling pro promo. Listen up, brother. I accept your challenge for WrestleMania 2019. Uh, but, uh, we're definitely going to, we're going to try to do this. Of course, this is in my IRL job, uh this is the busiest time of the year, but we're going to try to make it work. And um if not of course we could wait until a little later in the year, but um this could be really interesting. If uh I believe uh beasts of war or one of those just James tells me about them all the time. And um actually our friend Andy went to go play with them uh a couple years ago and um they're I think they're in Canada. I cannot think of their name. But anyway, it's a YouTube channel and they got a website. And they have challenges. It's like Beat Matt, I think it is, or something like that. And people try to beat him. And uh, I would love to do the same exact thing. So that would be pretty interesting. Now, I don't know about a video or what. Um, maybe we'll do you know short little bat reps or something. But I'd like to put it on the podcast. I think it would be interesting. And see if I can, you know, see if Nate can beat me. Let's see if I get dethroned by the Nate so, anyway, thank you for writing it, Nate. I appreciate it. And um, I'm I'm definitely going to beat your ass. So, I mean, just don't, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. It's it's going to happen. It's inevitable. No, it's, uh, I'm actually pretty excited about it. And boy, do I love a challenge. I really do. I mean, anybody who has ever said, hey, I want to play you, I don't back down. And now I'm not saying Nate's not going to beat me. He very well could. But I'm at least... Out of pride, I'm at least going to accept the challenge. So, you know, maybe this is a regular thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe I uh, try to conquer the world via Roll20 games one at a time online. Who knows? We'll see. Want that or want that not? On another edition of Want That or Want That Not, I am covering the Cypher Lords for Warcry for Age of Sigmar. And, hmm, what are these things? Well, they are a group of eight models. It looks like seven troops and some sort of HQ. And the Cypher Lords are rulers of the city-state of Noxseed. The Cypher Lords are masters of illusion and deception. They have gazed into the dark heart of chaos and embraced its infinite madness. So, um... Yeah, it's kind of so I, I don't know, these kind of look like showgirls. They kind of look like peacocks. They kind of look like it's like gladiators had a baby with showgirls. That's what this looks like. I'm I'm not hating it. It's just very odd. Um they have these weird uh what was his name Doctor Infinity or something from DC. Weird golden helmets and they're dressed mostly like Colosseum um, gladiators, and uh, they've got like the um, you know the one shoulder pad over one side, and they've got sandals on that go up to their shins, and they've got um you know metal breastplates and things like that. And they've got all kinds of ornate swords and things like that. So I mean, they're not bad models. They're just very very interesting that they would take this direction with it. Now, as you would imagine, the leader of it is the coolest looking. He's got, I'm assuming it's a he, has a cloak on and this really crazy headdress with this big hair. And he's got some sort of grenade or some sort of potion that's smoking in his hand. And a uh, fan, like the, um, I guess it's the Asian uh, fans that you'd fan yourself with, but it's full of knives. It's a very, very interesting model. As far as the troops, they are a little more iffy. They, um, I do not play Warcry, but, you know, at least something you can give this is they're very interesting to look at. You keep looking at it and you're like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I don't like it. Maybe with a different uh, paint scheme or something like that. But really, I think I boiled it down. When I keep looking at these, you know, their weapons look fine. Very ornamental, whatever. Each one of them has a big old tuft of hair coming out of their top of their helmet and it's painted purple and black. Totally fine. I kind of like it. Adds some motion to the model. The poses of the models are actually pretty nice. You've got some people doing like a parry, some people doing a strike, some people squatting. Uh, One guy looks like he's giving the finger, but his hand's actually the other way. And uh, so the poses are fine. The armor looks nice. The helmets, uh, now you're getting into iffy territory. The tops of the helmets. This is the issue that I have finally pinned down. Is that I don't like the tops, these big... It's the same argument I have with Thousand Sons or Berserkers for corn um, for Space Marines. And it's like, why on earth are you going into combat with these giant-ass fans on the top of your head? That it's going to slow you down, it's going to throw you off your weight, it's a really great target for someone just to strike... It's a, it's very, very odd, but I could see the leader having the headdress like, okay, he's got this big old eye looking headdress. I get that. That's cool. All these other people would look so much nicer without the big headdress. So if I were to get these, which, uh, I guess I'm going to be showing my hand here. This is what that not for me. Um, not that I hate it but they're just so strange. They don't really scream Age of Sigmar. They don't even scream chaos, honestly. They're not warped. They have nothing. They actually seem like they're very well-dressed. The um, But if I were to buy these just for the poses and the models, uh, because they come in at $50. You're getting eight models for 50 bucks. I mean, you know, it's, it's not too bad. Um, $6 a model, I guess. But the um, I would 100% shave the headdresses. And uh, that is basically my take on it. GW, you pretty much nailed everything you wanted to nail, except the whole chaos look. And the helmets, mm, kind of iffy, bird beak looking things. But the headdresses definitely have to go. So I would be scraping them off if I bought it. So that is a soft want that knot for me. Now, here's an idea. Welcome to another edition of Storytime with the Pemcron, where I choose a interesting unit or interesting backstory or something like that from one of the Warhammer properties. And tonight, I have a possible answer to the question everyone wonders about the paint scheme of the dark... Angels Terminators. So you'll notice the Dark Angels Terminators are a cream color compared to all of the dark green of the Dark Angels. So here's a little story for you. It's an apocryphal tale. Dark Angels Terminators originally wore black armor, but it was painted bone white in honor of a battle fought long ago. Legends state that a band of Deathwing returned to the rec- recruiting world of their birth only to find their people enslaved. To gene stealer invaders. The Brethren repainted their armor, symbolizing that they were dead men walking, ghosts set on a death quest. Fighting hordes of gene stealers, the Brethren penetrated the alien lair where they slew the hulking Broodlord that had long terrorized the galaxy. The battle claimed many of the Terminator's lives, but ultimately the world was freed. Since that day, the Deathwing have kept their armor bone white in remembrance of the sacrifice of their predecessors. The tale, known as the Battle of Two Heads Talking, after the famed librarian who led the Terminators, is told by a hooded sergeant to every Dark Angel scout upon his elevation to battle brother. Other often repeated tales in Dark Angel's lore are the fall of the house of (laughs) Pervigilum? Pervigilum? The Scouring of the Spacehawk Place of Fears, The Vengeance of Beligarist, The Lion and the Snake of Caliban, And the Whisper in the Gloom. All such Dark Angels legends are told at specific points in a brother's progress through the chapter's ranks. Some tell of heroes returning from war to find their brothers corrupted. Others speak of self-sacrifice or refusal to accept surrender. No few touch upon those seeking redemption from dishonored deeds. That's a weirdly written sentence. No few touch upon those seeking redemption for dishonorable deeds. Such tales instill in every Dark Angel a zealous drive to right wrongs and seek out enemies no matter where they might hide. Having said all that about the Deathwing Terminators... Uh, Here is a little backstory for them. On battlefields across the galaxy, the first company of the Dark Angels, better known as the Deathwing, have earned their reputation as one of the most elite fighting forces within the Imperium. Made up entirely of the most proven and veteran warriors, every member of the company fights clad in Terminator armor. Each of the bulky suits is a venerable and nigh-impenetrable relic from a previous age, and the secrets of their making are either forgotten or so rare and hoarded they are as good as lost. The Deathwing is an assault force that is able to march, steady and intractable, into the very mouths of the heaviest of enemy guns. They are death bringers that can teleport straight into the center of battle, ripping out the heart of their foe. However, the Deathwing are more than just a heavily armored and armed company of veteran space marines. The Deathwing is the clenched, mailed fist of the inner circle. Only upon entering the Deathwing will Dark Angel hear the story of Luther's betrayal and that many of those that follow Luther are still alive. After absorbing this new knowledge, the newly joined Deathwing member is forever altered. He cannot help but feel the same abyssal feelings of betrayal and condemnation that his forefathers felt, for the blood of the original Dark Angel still runs through the veins of these latter-day Sons of the Lion. The new and mind-shattering understanding will unlock many feelings... An epiphany that suddenly explains many traditions and chapter legends, unleashing the same inward rage and relentless aberrance that loyal members of the First Legion felt as they confronted the Fallen so long ago. The Deathwing know that to eradicate the stain that covers more than 10,000 years of history, they must capture every one of the Fallen. This is a dangerous proposition as they are formidable foes, apt to be surrounded by a cadre of bodyguards. If at all possible, the Deathwing attempt to catch suspected fallen alive, turning them over to the interrogator chaplains, so they might admit their sins and repent. The fallen, even those who have tried to atone for their historic evils, will do their utmost to avoid this fate, making them fight with a hellish desperation. Even within the Deathwing, there are multiple circles of trust with older, more experienced warriors ensnared ever ever deeper into the spiderweb of secrets. The most veteran Deathwing warriors are given the title of Deathwing Knights, the uppermost level of the order before being named a master. They become the ultimate upholders of ancient chapter traditions and the most skilled fighting unit of the Dark Angels. In battle, the Deathwing Knights are fell-handed foes, Terminators armed with storm shields, wielding ancient weapons specially forged for vengeance. Few foes dare to stand before them. None do so for long. Well, it wasn't that dramatic. So, Dark Angels are pretty interesting. They have a lot of interesting backstory to them about the Fallen and, you know, the the portrayal of Luther and, and all of that. Of course, you could read on and on about them, but they're, I feel like they're one of the more interesting Space Marine chapters. Um, I don't actually played archangels but i have always thought they were pretty interesting and um i like how they have you know different uh structure to their organization with all of the um uh was it deathwing and um all the bikes and the land speeders and and all of that they've also got some pretty cool named characters as far as um named characters with their own sculpts and that's been story time with the pimp Cron. Now it's time for Real Talk with PimpCron. This is Real Talk with the PimpCron, and I am joined by just James. Say hello to the fine people. No. Oh. Okay, well, he said trust me, he likes you all. So Hate what you <laughs> James is in a weird mood today. Unsubscribe. So... <laughs> stop listening uh so you know james has been hassling the shit out of me to try this apocalypse game and he's like scott i'm trying the apocalypse game because he sounds like a puppet <laughs> and i'm like no me, 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 me. it's stupid yeah yeah, you sound like beaker yeah you're right me, 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 me. <laughs> and uh so anyway uh here's here's my backstory here okay I hate Apocalypse games. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. James, do you like them? I like them. Yeah.
1: I like them a lot.
0: You you do like them. <laughs> the things I never liked about a- Apocalypse games is the length of time and all of the dice to roll and uh just, you know, I put an entire 10-man squad on the board and literally in one turn you're just like, "Oh, hey, remove all of them." Like, why did I waste time putting those troops on the board? I had no it was just pointless. And it's like I've said before, this game doesn't scale very well. It, it doesn't, you know, GW can somewhat manage some balance when you're just talking about infantry and tanks. And they can somewhat manage some balance when you're talking super heavies against each other. But when you're talking about super heavies versus tanks and all that, in a in a perfect world, you could take the points of a Emperor Titan. If Is there even a model for that? Probably not. Because they're like giant. I have no idea. Emperor-class Titans, they're the ones that people make cosplays out of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so no, they don't make them all for that. But just say, Emperor-class Titan, however many points that would be, like 50,000 points or whatever, you should arguably be able to take... Uh,
1: 40,000.
0: Oh, that was good. I like that. (laughs) Uh, You should arguably, if the game was balanced, be able to take 40,000 points of Grotz and kill the knight just as much as he's killing you, if the game was perfectly balanced. But of course, that's not the case. And uh, so I really, I never think that super heavies really have much of a place in regular 40k. I mean, maybe one here or there, like a knight, is not too big of a deal anymore. Uh-huh. But you bring four knights, and then I have a problem. Because if I don't know that I'm bringing stuff to take out knights, then... Yeah. It's shitty. Yeah. So, um, have you played Apocalypse games before? Uh, Yes. <laughs>
1: well short answer yes. It was my birthday games.
0: Yeah, so you would get like um uh a lot of people together for your birthday at the game store and we'd play big table games with a bunch of people, right? Correct. But we didn't really use apocalypse rules, the old apocalypse rules, did we? No. No. Now you had the old apocalypse book from sixth or seventh edition. Yeah, right? never
1: never used it. You didn't?
0: <laughs> uh well
1: I used one formation in there uh and that was about it oh
0: well um you know part of that part of that's not really your fault though because you know we meet at night on a week night for our game club so you're you're not you don't have time for a 8 hour game or whatever apocalypse was correct so that is another one of my points that i hated about apocalypse is that you know they even in that book in that edition of apocalypse pretty much every edition of apocalypse they expected you to play all day long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like a half-hour break between rounds?
1: Yeah, there was like... Uh, There's two breaks, I think, they had scheduled, and it was half an hour. Yeah,
0: for to eat and stretch and all that. And I'm like, dude, I am not... That has never interested me. But, you know, I wouldn't mind bringing more things on the table as long as it went by faster. But in the meantime, I'm not playing... I'm not playing anything over 2,000. Like, hardly, hardly ever... I bet... On one hand, maybe two hands, I can count the number of games I've played over 2,000 points in 10 years, you know? Sweet. So, I come from this really, really hating Apocalypse, and you come from this really liking Apocalypse, the whole idea of it. Yes. Okay. You're also one of those guys that likes to just throw stuff on the table.
1: Yeah, I've done that a couple of times.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of in the, the uh, theme of Apocalypse. Yeah. Just bring all your stuff. So when uh we just finished literally 5 minutes ago we finished a test apocalypse game now this is your second game correct and um you bought the box and everything and you were showing me how to play yep what are your opinions being pro apocalypse of this new system uh i i like it
1: uh it's different it's a lot different uh than actually the normal game and also the past apoca- apocalypse uh yeah. games um
0: because the past apocalypse games were just regular 40k games like there was yeah
1: it was just regular 40k games uh and this game speeds up the whole shooting and wounding and all that
0: yeah you're not rolling 40 dice per unit or anything like that yeah um now what do they do about that whole activation thing because you know normally in 40k you can move you can do psychic you can shoot you can assault you can do all that with one unit what have they done to speed things up for the apocalypse?
1: Well, it's all by detachments now, like uh you give orders uh it, each detachment has a commander and they give orders out to their whole detachment mm-hmm. and and that 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 uh detachment does what those orders say like either move and shoot or fight or uh move twice and fight. Uh, or
0: stay stationary and get a bonus to uh, shooting, at, but uh, negative to fighting. But that doesn't apply to one single unit. It depli- applies to all the units in that detachment.
1: Right. So you got to make sure you have the right uh, units inside those attachments. Like you don't want a, a shooty uh, unit inside a, uh, along with a combat.
0: Yeah. Uh, Which is what I did at first, not knowing that. Because I was like, oh, well, I'm going to take this... Um, uh, What's what's the heavy detachment called? Spearhead. Spearhead. I'll take a Spearhead detachment, I'll take a effects I'll take an Exocran, and I'll take a Carnifex that's purely melee. And you're like, well, you might not want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <because laughs> yeah. Someone in that detachment is going to be unhappy every turn. Yeah. So, uh, But that's really interesting because they basically have taken whole units and made them act like single models. What about the phases of the game? What exactly are...
1: There's the initiative phase to determine who takes precedence in each of the other phases. Mm-hmm. There's order phases where you uh, give out orders. The, um you have there's cards which I haven't gone through. Uh, I haven't used them yet. You give out orders at the end. So uh, then it goes into the uh, um, action phase. Oh, uh, those were all sub little subsections of the. Order, phase? order order phase. phase so then action phase is where all the uh i guess action happens <laughs> uh so then you you if you have the uh initiative you reveal your first uh, order first um so you would select one of your detachments and reveal their order uh and then once you're done you move all the units or do activate all of those units Uh, and then once they're done all their stuff, then the opponent does activates their, and then it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth.
0: So it's, I go, you go, just like a lot of people have suggested 40 K do, you know, so one player doesn't do their movement shooting, blah, 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 blah. While the other one just sits there for 10 minutes. Right. Right. And I kind of like this. I mean, I don't know how well it would apply to regular 40 K because there's so many units in regular 40k? Yeah. But being that these de- these units are all part of a detachment, and each detachment acts as essentially one big unit, then how many are you going to have? Three detachments, you know, on a list? Like, not that, maybe five, but you're not going to have a million little units to keep track of like you would in a 40k game. Yeah. If you did the I go, you go, I go, you go. So. Uh,
1: then after the action phase, then there's the damage phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, you know, like normal 40k, if I shoot you, I wound you, you fail your save, you take out that many models. Yeah. That happens in the damage phase. The uh, uh, w- Making your armor saves and your morale tests, that happens in the damage phase. Mm-hmm. But there's no removing models until you've completely wiped out their wounds.
0: hmm. Uh, also, it doesn't matter that you've damaged me first because the damage phase is at the end of the turn. Y- yes. Which is what we've been talking about trying in regular 40 K.
1: Everybody gets their shit in before they die.
0: Yeah. Which is pretty nice. I mean, as far as everyone complains, Oh, awful striking. Well, you really can't. No, not no. Um, I, I had jokingly told you that like for tournament purposes, maybe the first turn of the game should have a damage phase where, you yeah. know, in, in tournaments you're being highly competitive and all that. And you certainly have Alpha Strikes in tournaments. So it would be kind of nice to completely get rid of Alpha Strikes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was also interested. So in the action phase, you, you, depending on what orders you give, you move and you shoot or you assault or whatever, and you hit the unit, you wound the unit, but they don't make any saves.
1: No, it's kind of like you're playing your own game. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, you hit, you wound, and then you can uh, – if you have the markers, which you should, you just put the marker next to their model.
0: Yep, and they don't even try to save it. Yeah, those guys the... – actually – well,
1: uh, I was going to make a joke about, oh, they could just take go and have a drink or something like that while you do it. But then it's back and forth, so I guess
0: they have do have to be there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so joke failed. Um, but it's treated a little bit like Kings of War. Remember how Kings of War has a whole big block of, you know, it's, it's technically fantasy Warhammer, but it's made from Mantic wow. and they have a whole block of troops, but that block of troops is used as one model. Oh you, yeah. So when you take that block of troops, you actually glue, you can glue everybody right on the tray hmm. because you don't remove models. Each one of those blocks of infantry is treated kind of like a monster where they degrade over time. Yeah. They get fewer and fewer attacks. And um, Kings of War plays much faster than Warhammer Fantasy did, and that's why some people went over to it, because it was just, oh, I move this, I move that, everything becomes a nice chunky unit, you know? Same thing with what they've done here with the detachments, it's like, oh, I'm moving these five units essentially together. Now, one interesting thing is, is why can't I just move all my units away from each other in a detachment? Why can't I spread one detachment far away from each other on the board? Uh,
1: so in the start of the initiative phase, no order phase, mm-hmm. you have to mark out any units that are twelve inches away from the commander of that detachment.
0: More than twelve inches. More than twelve yeah. inches,
1: yes. And uh, if they are outside of that twelve inches, they get a out of command marker next to them. Mm-hmm. So in the damage phase, if they haven't moved back into the twelve inches, they are just gone. They are removed from the table with no like any save of any kind because they're far away from the commander. So
0: so they're like, oh, the boss isn't looking, and then they go get drinks.
1: <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's that's interesting. Um, but uh, I've noticed that like like I said, the there's way fewer dice rolls. So like yes, my Hive Tyrant, which had the you know the twin um, Slimer maggots, whatever Death Split Spitters. He normally gets what twelve attacks, I think. I get yeah. I think he's twelve shots. In this, he gets two. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It it seems a little underwhelming in some ways. Uh, it is slightly, or it is watered down some. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you don't really get that special f- feeling from <laughs> uh, shooting some of your guns, and and like uh, the Harlequins. Uh, their melee and pistol weapons are all just one stat. Or, I mean, not like, uh, you know, your pistols are one stat and your melee weapons are all one uh, stat line.
0: You don't have like your kiss and your caress and your No, leader, all it's just that.
1: Harlequin melee weapons, Harlequin pistols.
0: Which I was a little surprised that my Tyranid warriors were the same way that you were like, oh, do they really have those bone swords? And I'm like, uh, no, all they can have is Tyranid warrior melee weapons or whatever it was called. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, obviously you gotta, you know, streamline things. But on the other hand, like you said, it's a little bit watered down with, there's no, like, real unit options. Like, sure, you can take, you have options that you can take on a unit, but it's all power level. So it's basically just take whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You know? Um, but... So, all in all, do you like this better than the old version of Apocalypse?
1: Um, that's kind of hard to... because I... it is... I do like the phases and the how the wounding and all that plays out. But I do like the almost personality of individual
0: units in the Apocalypse game. Um kind of a difference between 40k and aos normal games because aos they just have their weapons or they don't you either put them on or you don't yeah there's no customization like oh i paid points for this yeah. or whatever yeah and and that's essentially what you're saying with this no apocalypse is a little more like age of sigmar well number one the initiative rolling at the beginning of each turn yeah that's a big deal there was something else i was saying too that was like age of sigmar but i can't recall
1: I don't recall.
0: So which one would you rather play? Would you rather play the old version of Apocalypse, which is essentially just a giant normal game, or would you rather play this system? Honestly, I haven't played too many games of this
1: new... I've only played two games of this new system. And they've been... Or one. The first one was a 100 and some odd points. This is power level. And the other one has been... Or the one we just did was 70 points. Power level. Power level, power level, power level um, 70
0: points, I had three Tyranid Warriors on the field uh, Wow, it was fun Um,
1: So, in the book The lowest it says To play is 300 power level
0: 300 power level, what's that? 6,000 points roughly?
1: Yeah, probably Good grief Uh, And it said uh, to play on a 6x6 six six, And that would take a, up to 3 hours
0: You know, they used to say that um they wanted you to play kill teams on a lunch break like that was that was one of the things that i heard someone say is that they designed kill teams to be very fast so that you could bring a couple models to work and you could (laughs) you could play on a lunch break right um and you know it's kind of a weird idea (laughs) but this is kind of that version like hey just james uh look dude i've only got three hours you know or two hours uh i don't really have enough time to play warhammer Well, we could play like a full game. I mean, essentially, I think it took us two hours and we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. It took us two hours to play uh, what's essentially a 1500 point game. Yeah. And and towards the end, we were really booking it. I mean, we were so I really feel like if we were to play another game right this instant, we probably could have played that same game in maybe an hour, like maybe a little over an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's pretty decent uh
1: yes yeah, like uh you did enough you, you did uh, uh two wounds to my Rubik marines and all of a sudden boom they're gone yeah i killed like multiple squads of your warriors boom they're gone
0: yeah um so so overall you're kind of 50 50
1: yes i haven't like i said i haven't played too many games of this new system to determine which one is better so it's a tie
0: Okay, well I'll weigh in here. I came into this hating apocalypse. I didn't really want to try it. You were like, "Oh, let's let's try it." And I'm like, "Ah, whatever. I can I can waste a couple hours and play one game, and then I never have to play it again." I'm appeasing you, whatever. Okay, but honestly, I'm after playing this game. I'm pretty jazzed about this version because, like I said, it it cures literally everything that I hated about the old version. <laughs> like, hey, you know, I brought. Okay, let's just say I bring 10 Hive Tyrants with Death Spitters, right? That's 20 shots. Whereas two regular Hive Tyrants would be 24 shots. I mean, it's so much less rolling. It's yeah. so much, you know, um I also like the fact that, you know, you still get to save at the end of it or all the damage happens at the same time. Um I like that it's kind of I go you go. It's only per detachment, but it's still, you know, it's it's alternating. Um because it's alternating activation with the detachments, I never felt screwed about the initiative roll. The way sometimes you feel screwed in Age of Sigmar at the initiative roll. Yeah. Because Age of Sigmar, obviously, you activate your whole army. Right. Um, right. Random initiative rolls are not good for the whole army style of gameplay. It just isn't. Right. Now, I wouldn't mind if, you know, GW, what if GW did this? Why, what if in the New Rules 9th edition of 40k and Age of Sigmar... They essentially say, you know, each detachment like this. War Scroll Battalion. Each War Scroll Battalion or or cut your army in half points wise, you know, into or or number of units in half. Yeah. yeah. And you activate this half and then you activate your half and then I activate. Dude, I don't think anybody would ever have a complaint about the initiative roll in because this even when you won, you won like three games, uh, three turns in a row. I never felt screwed. Because you're only activating part of your army. Yeah. You know, plus the damage at the end of the turn thing. So, um, I, I went from not being interested at all in this to thinking, wow, I could really, I want to try a bigger game. I want to actually try, you know, I have a Stompa here that I've never once played with. Um, I've tried, I've played with my Barbed Hero Duel a couple times, but, uh, I'm selling my only knight I had. And it's, like, all the stuff that I had that, you know, in theory... Uh, actually, I have, what, one of the Baneblade variants, too. The Troop Carrier one. Okay. But, um, you anyway, know, I've got all this stuff that I never, I never use. Because I feel like Super Heavies, you know, in 40k, blah, blah, blah. Um, But this actually is like, wow, you bring your Super Heavies and your Troops, and I bring mine, and we can have a, a real big battle, and it's not going to take me eight freaking hours to play it. Yeah. So... The the two things that I hated about original apocalypse was the time it took to play and the number of dice, because I like rolling dice like everyone else does. I don't feel like playing rolling 6,000 points worth of dice each turn. I just don't do it. I just don't feel like doing it. You wound some of my 6,000 points of army and I don't give a shit. I'll just take it off. i almost don't feel like rolling saves <laughs> because it's like, what's the point? You know? um but honestly i mean in in one turn one entire game turn of this i bet i rolled i mean on average most units will roll uh because you can't shoot and assault you either shoot or you assault right so most units aren't Um, rolling
1: unless you're uh, super heavy oh do they yeah they can do that
0: oh well um uh
1: most units roll
0: most units are never rolling more than let's say four attack dice
1: yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, my um my Tyrannofex had two auto hits because of his flammer. It wasn't 13, it was 2. You know, like it's it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm super super excited about this. So, this is absolutely a ringing endorsement for me and I'm very excited to try the cards and all the other stuff. And you're just you like it, but I
1: yeah, I like both styles for now. So, Maybe it'll change once I play a bigger game. Yeah. And I play more of this apocalypse.
0: Yeah. So the only thing I do have to warn any of you about is that it does take a little getting used to the rules. Yeah, it's
1: a whole new system.
0: It is completely different. Yeah, you, so,
1: you hit on uh D6s and you wound on D12s.
0: And some people's brains just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you you save on a D12, other times you save on a D6. <laughs> so it's it's very it's very interesting. But um I think they've really knocked this out of the park. Like Kill Teams doesn't really interest me. Some of the stuff they do like Titanica, it's, I don't I'm not interested. This actually I'm excited for. So Sweet. Yep. Thank you for making me play this game, and thank you for being on the podcast, Just James.
1: You got it, dude.